Back everyone, Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, episode 182, and the test season has begun. Uh, so old school this week, a uh, couple of our regulars, great to have them here, starting with uh, Matt Rowley, the, the king of the site, Gags, how are you mate? Good mate, good to be here. Excellent. Uh, Barbarian, Hugh Cavill, how are you mate? I'm good, always better after a Wallaby win. Absolutely, one team, hashtag. And uh, Sully, the man with the lens, Shane Sullivan, how are you Sully? Yeah, mate, I'm good. It's good to be here. Yes, and, and it is good to be here. Good start to the test season for the Wallabies. A 24-20 win over South Africa up here in Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night. Old school, like we say, uh, a last-minute victory. It's been a while since it's seeming we've, we've had one of those, and uh, we'll get in order the details about the game. But uh, great start to the season. Sully, you saw it there. You're from the sideline. What were your What's your takeaway from this game uh, we were very rusty. Um, yeah, and I think we we're lucky to win. I think the South Africans had majority of the of the uh, the play, not possession. I think we had about sixty percent possession, but they seem to be, yeah, you know, more deserving of a win than we is the right. I'm thinking of the right words, but that sounds about right. And their back row just went off. They were fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of work done in that back row. Uh, Hugh, I'll go to you. Matt was at the game. We'll get his impressions in a second. Hugh, you got the same feel? Oh, yeah, I think it's uh, always hard in these World Cup years having your first test against, um, you know, one of the big biggest teams in the world as opposed to uh, what we've had the last few years of a, a touring European, you know, side that's half-baked and, and not really focused. Like the Lions. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, as well. Less said about that, the better. Um, the... Uh, yeah, look, I, I think, as, as uh, Sully said, I, I think a bit rusty, but certainly a lot of room for improvement. And, um, you know, I think the result was the most important thing, actually, in the end. And, and regardless of how we got there, I think getting getting the win um, like that um, is a massive boost for our season. So, um, yeah, hopefully good times ahead. But, I mean, surely, surely there's an idea in that, right? I mean, like the All Blacks and the South Africans both had a run out um, just to kind of blow away the cobwebs and have a look at a few combos. Uh, it seemed to be an idea that was lost on us somehow. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? A lot of people talked about it, and I think I mentioned it in my match review how, uh, you know, the box plate, they even scrambled together some form of a World 15. Now, that was barely more than a, uh, an opposed training run. And, and like I said in the preview, I think perhaps our some of our Wally, Wallaby training sessions were more intense in that game. Uh, the All Blacks obviously um, uh, went across to uh, Samoa there. So, uh, and even Argentina, I think, played French Barbarians or something like that. So, an interesting take from us. But it, it's this whole World Cup, and we did it, saw it in 2011, which I think was the last time we actually won the Rugby Championship, is, is how these teams take this Rugby Championship and what role it plays towards the World Cup. And uh, I know back in 2011, the South Africans and the Kiwis both rested a few players. So, you know... You know, we'll take the trophy and all, but it's, it'll be interesting to see how Chica and the rest of the coaches take this um, this championship moving forward. Uh, for me, uh, look, I was I was I was really happy with the win. I, you know, part of it is the outcome, um, the actual result. Uh, good to see uh, a, a Wallaby victory at home, uh, particularly after uh, you know the European Tour last year where we lost those three in a row. I think it was um, the nature of the win, last minute victory. Like I say, I thought. And the come from behind, um, uh, you know, really showed a lot of heart. And I think that's probably that Chica. He's really worked on the uh, the intensity and, and um, the intent of those players, which is great. But uh, impact from the bench, and that's another thing. And they sort of go in hand in hand. And that's, you know, these are all things that we haven't seen a lot. And we'll, we'll talk about those details in a little while. And, mate, and like you say, Hugh, South African, no mugs. That was a... A very good team, and um, look, I, I'm, I'm, I was pretty wrapped. I was pretty pessimistic about our Wallabies uh, so far, or our chances this year, and I'm, I'm not ready to proclaim them uh, certainties for our pool. But um, I thought that was a pretty damn good start to the season. Um, Matt, uh, let's uh, 
took away some of those, I guess, some of the breakdown, some of the elements of the game. Um, and the, I guess the one that of most interest to a lot of people, and, and probably the the big question mark, were our inside backs. You know, uh, first it was Genia and Cooper. Um, the partnership from the Reds that was picked ahead of the the incumbents uh, Phipps and Foley, and and then uh, Matty Guido was brought back from Toulon to start at 12. What was your read on their performance? Well, I mean, I think um, everyone's hoping that the whole Cooper thing, maybe the Genia and Cooper thing fires up because of just the skills those two guys have got and the different factor that they bring that kind of no one else, I think, in world rugby can. But, I've, you know, I've got to say... I, um, I concurred with what a lot of people have been saying, you know, especially probably Bob Dwyer on the site today, um, which was, yeah, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't working. Um, I thought, you know, Genio was a little bit slow. There's that, that skip in his uh, pass still. It's, it's not as big as it was. Um, and unfortunately, he got injured. Um, but uh, at, at other parts of his game, you know, he's always been a great athlete, you know, taking that high ball, mm. a couple of good tackles and things like that. But the halfback thing, I've still got questions about. I, I thought you... Th- I think actually he made Cooper look a lot more threatening uh, when Phipps came on, sorry, um, just by, you know, kept putting Cooper into more space. And then Cooper himself just playing so deep. Um, I, I don't know how that's really supposed to work. Uh, so, yeah, I've got problems with that. I mean, everyone's, you know, people saying, oh, but, you know, some of the skill sets and all those sorts of things. I, I agree with you. He's, you know, those people. He's got great skill sets, um, you know, some, some skills that no one else in world rugby has. But in the way that the, the back line's working, I, I, I really can't see it. I mean, I've literally just come from watching it. And you see, especially in the second half, he's just dumping the ball. He's just dumping it. To, he's shuffling sideways and dumping. Um, there's nothing happening. He's, he's completely resisting, ever challenging, um, uh, you know, the, the defence, and I think that's causing real problems. Uh, and I think we saw how dramatically it changed when Tamua came on. Um, and surprise, surprise, we went on to score those two tries, which pulled it all back. So, look, I don't think that was working. Uh, there's time to get it right, though. Maybe, and you know, for maybe Cooper to get more used to what I think Czech is going to want from him, and also maybe playing with a Phipps. Uh, interesting to see Gitz. Um, I've got to say, when I was at the ground and you saw the whole team go out there, and for the first 10 minutes especially, you looked across that team, you thought, wow, there's, there's no one on this back line that you wouldn't want to see the ball in hand, you know. Yeah. Um, all loads of experience, all bring something completely unique, really. So it's a bit of an all-stars sort of back line there, which I really liked, and you don't necessarily get that feeling when you've got a Foley-Phipps combination. Yep. But, um, and I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's got a way to go, was, was my read on the inside backs. Yeah, I was disappointed as too, as I'm, a, I'm as big a Quaid fan as there is, and I was one that was pushing his selection, but I was really disappointed with his game. I, I thought he was pretty damn average and, and didn't look to do much other than, you know, there's a couple of passes there. Um, obviously the one to uh, Ashley Cooper for the try, and, and even the pass to Kurandrani that he copped a bit of flack over, I... I saw Chica comment that, you know, it was on, it was up to Kurandrani to catch it, and I agree with that. But looking at his stats and the one you pointed out in terms of um, Tamua taking on the line, Quaid never challenged, never took it on, and, and that's one of his real strengths. And uh, some of the stats I've seen here is he ran five times. Tamua was on, you know, uh, I forget what time it came on, maybe half an hour. He ran seven times, you know, it, it and it showed. I mean, the, the Quaid was just predictable, as you say, and... I'll talk about Phipps later when we talk about the bench, but um, yeah, we were lucky to get the win we did considering the performance of, of Guinea and Cooper in that first half in particular. Um, Sully, as a fellow Queensland, what was your read on those two? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Quaid's a bit gunshot with the line. It, went, it took it up early in the uh, first half and uh, Evan Etzebeth absolutely hammered him. And uh, I think, yeah, after that he was a bit, a bit quiet. I'm with Jenny and Phipps. Yeah, I know Jenny is not playing well, but I just don't think Phipps doesn't challenge the line at all. So we've got like Jenny are looking to challenge the line at least, but a slower delivery. And Phipps got this fantastically quick de- delivery, but never challenges the line. So I'd like something in between, but it's hard to hard to think. I think also with the Jenny, uh, sorry, Cooper and Gitz, I think they're suffering from sharing the the the, um, the duties a bit there. They were swapping around a fair bit, and uh, Cooper was sitting back and letting, um, sorry, Gitto control things. 
So I'm not too sure if they've worked their way out, whereas uh, Cooper and Tamua have had, had some time together at least. Uh, Hugh, what about the scrum? Um, it's obviously always got to be a, a big focus for uh, the Wallabies and, and one that will constantly put under pressure, and uh, particularly versus the box and, and now this week versus Argentina. Um, it, it didn't have it all our own way that first half in particular was Slipper and Kepper. What was your read on that one? Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing, I thought. Um, I, I, I think we had... Um... You know, in, in that first half, the South Africans certainly got the shove on us uh, in a number of scrums. Um, but uh, we fought back well in those late stages, but you got to say the form of, of Kepu and Slipper especially was worrying. A lot of the pressure was coming on the loose head side, um, and uh, that was the Rob Simmons-James uh, Slipper side, which you'd probably say on paper would be the stronger of the scrummages. Um, Skelton often cops a lot of criticism, and I think his positioning was out on a few... Uh, occasions as well. It's it's hard to tell unless you're sort of in there sometimes as to what what exactly the problem is. But uh, uh, I was a little bit worried with our starting front row. Obviously, we'll talk about the bench a bit later, and that was the encouraging sign. But um, it uh, certainly was uh, a, a little bit of a crack. And I, I thought that this, I mean, South African pack obviously impressive. Um, but uh, I thought we probably made them look a little bit better than they are. And we've got a big challenge if we want to front up against Argentina, in Argentina this week, that's for sure. Yeah, without doubt, and there's got to be some concern around James Slipper. I think we've said consistently through the season uh, that he hasn't seemed to the same form that shot him to glory in the Green and Gold Rugby Wallaby Player of the Year title last year. Um, But just these injuries, I mean, you can imagine, I don't know how much training he's doing during the week um, and how much work he is... uh, how involved he is in the, in the scrummaging sessions and so on, and I'm not putting it all down to him, but it just shows that combination is so important. And um, some interesting uh, comments by um, uh, our scrum coach or consultant, Ledesma, who, who said that, and again, as you say, we'll talk about the bench, but uh, CO and, and Holmes put into practice what they practiced during the week, the, the, the starting props, or at least the starting scrum, uh, failed to implement what they'd practiced during the week. So that's a, an inter- interesting chat, and we'll see how they can turn things around for this week. Um, uh, Matt, what about Big Skeldon? Hugh talked about him there. He's copped a bit of flack this week. Is it justified? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was so I went into this uh, latest viewing with that in mind. Um, it's, it, you're going to kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to divide, trying to find what's real in terms of the criticism. We have had one complete joker on the site for a few weeks now whose one mission in life seems to be to talk down Will Skelton and Michael Hooper um, but uh, you know, there was a bit of criticism that goes, went around and it's one of these things that I've started to learn more and more as the years have gone on is that when you hear these things about these people getting criticised ask yourself is it something that you actually saw or is it something that um, came up that, that was something that the, um, uh, the commentators mentioned because as I was watching the game and looking through, I was thinking, oh, where are these horrific mistakes that Skelton makes? And he, he, get, he gets turned over twice when he's made a hit up, got over the game line and laid it back, and there's no, there's no uh, defense or you know, uh, no support that comes through. And I'm really not sure how you, you, you blame him for that. Um, otherwise, he was just you know, distributing the ball. Um, I think he got pinged twice um, uh, by the ref, and, and then the other bit was, you know, again that it was his side of the scrum that was letting things down. That was a piece of Rod Kafer analysis where he actually had the wrong side of the scrum. So, you know, I, I really think that was like a wrong read. And the number of times you get this way, it's because some one of our fantastic, um, you know, commentators um, has had a shot at somebody, and you see it repeated. And I think that's what's really happened with Skelton. I thought he he did fine, and in fact, I thought he had a much bigger impact than Rob Simmons in the loose, um, as you might expect. Um, so I don't know. I I actually thought he had an okay game at an international level, and um, for a team that was going side to side a lot, he actually managed to get over the game line a few times. I mean, the only other guy we had was Kuradrani. So yeah, I mean, having literally just watched it with that in my head, was he as bad as everyone was said? I I don't know. I, I walked away thinking actually he had a he didn't have a bad game at all. I think Matt. I think it's a problem of expectation as well. I, I you know I think a lot of people look at Skelton and say, well, he's 140 kilos and six foot seven and you know he's just gonna, you know, rampage through the lineup like Godzilla through the Tokyo, you know, um, downtown Tokyo. I mean, mm. it, it's it's not like that at all. It's Test rugby. Of course, he's not gonna not gonna um, 
absolutely roll through them. So, I th- but I think some does, and when he doesn't, they're then disappointed. Um, I, I agree with you, Matt. I, th- I think w- what he did was was uh, take uh, hit ups, and what he does is he might not attract, he might not make the gain line, but he might attract three or four defenders. Um, and he generally recycles ball pretty quickly. Um, he's not perfect by any stretch, uh, and I didn't think he was a particular standout or anything or had a particularly good game, but I actually think the issue is we rely on him a little bit too much, and uh, we probably uh, telegraphed a few of his hit-ups, and uh, I think he took something like seven in the first half alone, and we needed to actually mix it up and get guys like Slipper and Fardy and uh, Kepu taking some of that weight off, uh, so to speak, taking some of that load from Skelton and uh, making the uh, defence make a few more decisions rather than all just going to him like uh, flies around the honeypot. It's an interesting observation about telegraphing his runs, Hugh, because, mate, I, I don't know what it was, but I, I don't know whether Bismarck was out for him, but I reckon uh, Skelton, I think, lost two or three, turned over two or three, and, and I reckon Bismarck got at least two of those. And I, I couldn't quite pick what it was, whether uh, clearly, I don't know, I think Chica said it at half time, uh, we weren't working hard enough uh, at the ruck to, to clear out, but um, uh, a couple of those, noticeably, it was uh, Skelton, but that, from the same reason you just said, maybe that's just because he was taking the ball up more than anyone else. Uh, yeah, I think it was not too much his uh, hit-ups, it was more the clean-outs afterwards. I, I've just, on my third watching of the game, in about 20 minutes, and I've just watched... Uh, Kepu and Simmons just walk straight over the top of him and not actually take one person with them. Mm. So, and then uh, the South African guys just stepped over the top of him and picked the ball up. So, it's, there's a problem with accuracy around the um, around the tackle. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. look, yeah, Skelton's one of those players. I, I think he's a must in this team. I think he provides, um, uh, you know, a, a vital ingredient to this Wallaby pack, and that's. Call it a bit of X factor, you know that size, bulk. He's fantastic in the mall, which I think will be crucial um, for the World Cup. Um, one of the queries people have had, and, and Matt, as you point out, some of his critics on the site, is that he he uh, weakens our line out. Sully, that didn't really look to be the case on the weekend. Uh, the line out seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, the line out was uh, great. Uh, Fardy took a lot of ball. Yep, exactly. uh, Simmons. Um, I mean, you've still got three good jumpers in that team that played Saturday night, so no problem. And uh, Skelton can take take the occasional line-out, so no problem at all there. Yeah. Also worth noting, I, I pointed out on the forum, that we actually had a few line-outs when we had Skelton, Pocock and Hooper. Yeah, um, right. So we really only had two recognised jumpers on the field, and um, we won both of those line-outs pretty comfortably too, so... Um, kudos to Rob Simmons there, because uh, the and Scott Fardy as well, because that lineout was humming all night and stole two as well from the Springboks. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah, go on, Matt. Well, I was just going to say, I think Simmons has worked his his double bluff, hasn't he? Having called just about every throw to himself last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say he's the same playing, thing. Playing the long con. Yeah, yeah, he yes, did exactly. the long con. <laughs> he has truly got a three-year plan. <laughs> well, well the, the Reds line-out's got four jumpers as well, and, and they and uh, I think Robin uh, Simmons is only the third uh, most called uh, line-out jumper for the Reds. So. Yeah, it's Shatz and Thompson, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, Hugh, I think you made the point last year. Um, Fardy barely took catches. They didn't throw to him. But uh, on Saturday night, he dominated. You know, he was their main, main catcher. Yeah, and I mean... Without maybe trying to segue into our next uh, topic, Reg. Um, Do it. The, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, Fardy. I, I, I mean, you might disagree, but um, Fardy. I think it's the lineout's one of the main things that's keeping him in the side at the moment because uh, I thought uh, his performance was was really quiet um, from from what we know he's capable of on Saturday. I just didn't didn't see didn't think he involved himself in the game nearly enough. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. I, I, I do want to talk about that back row because there's lots of uh, there's there's you know three really interesting topics in those three starting players, and um, I thought the same with Fardy. I watched him again um, a bit closer, and I guess the stats don't necessarily show the um, you know the tackles aren't that high and so on. But you know he worked well in. Um, in the lineup, but I thought his work at the at the breakdown was pretty good. I, I thought he was he involved himself pretty significantly and, and, and effective involvement there as well. So, after being a little bit concerned about Fardy's form previously, I was I was pretty happy with that. Matt, mm. did you see anything different there? 
Yeah, no, I think he did the technical bits, which is what he does. I mean, we did some analysis of him over the, you know, in the lead up. And, you know, if you look at those, the technical things he's involved in, um, you know, around breakdowns and those sorts of bits, that's where he tends to make um, his impact felt. But I tell you what, he's going to be in the team if for no other reason that Scotty Higgins had an absolute yeah. shock. Yeah, let's talk about Higgins here. Shocker. I mean, again, I just, I rewatched that one and thought, well, you know, that's another person where people, you know, overly harsh on him. God, it was hard to find something decent that the guy did. I think he he stole a lineup yep. ball, yep. Um, which was an important piece. So yeah, I'll give him that for sure. But otherwise, around the place, I mean, he was either anonymous or making howlers. I mean, there was that chip. Okay, he tried mm. something. I, I bet you, I bet you, Checker wouldn't have blamed him for that. He would have said, okay, look, you know, you saw something, you had to go. But it was the uh, the Creel try um, when he when he uh, didn't trust his inside man and basically made that try um, for for the Saffers. Um, and, it, and interestingly enough, got hooked immediately afterwards. Um, yeah, he did, know, didn't I, he? Literally. Yeah. yeah. It was this. It was the very next thing, and then, then we saw the pooper, and uh, well, go the pooper. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think before, is the call. Before we get to that, I, I just want to touch on Higgins and and uh, anyone else's impact. And I just got uh, Force fan who did some analysis of uh, a lot of the Aussie teams during the Super Rugby's sent through his ruck analysis and and Higgins stands out for how glaringly poor it is. I mean, he uh, his lack of involvement at the ruck uh, is a standout and and um, worse than his Super Rugby form if you can sort of gauge it. And I understand it's two different levels, but um, it, it's a standout. It's glaring glaringly obvious how uh, behind the rest of the team Higgins was in that game. Um, Sully, did you read it similarly? Mate, I can't remember even actually much of him, so yeah. <laughs> except for the chip yeah. kick, um, yeah, it, it was pretty anonymous. All right, well, let's let's talk on, before we get to Pooper, let's talk Hooper, because this, oh, I thought he was fantastic, and and I, you know, I've had my issues with Hooper in the past, um, but I thought he was unreal in this game. He was my man of the match. Uh, I don't think any other player had the impact that he did, uh, some very good other players there, and I, and I can't believe the criticism he's cropped around the place because he was unbelievable. Those, and someone in the forum made the comment, I wish I could say who it was, but was it three or four just absolute dominant tackles? Rarely do you see that in test level, let alone, let alone against a team like the box. Um, one individual making such big tackles, let alone that one on Short Burger, you know, from the five-metre scrum, which forced the turnover. That was unbelievable. Who part? was absolutely sensational. One of the, the, the best uh, defensive open side games. I know he didn't had the runs as uh, as normal, but he was he was a class above, I thought. Yeah, yeah it's I the mean, first I... time I've, I've I've seen him dominate a game like that in defence and and win or you know and be one of the best on ground. And he didn't really touch the ball very yeah. much. I mean, he had a few runs in that second half, but normally all of his good performances are based around that running game. You know, making line breaks and and beating tackles and that sort of thing. And his defense has always been good, but that was just a, an astounding performance against, you know, uh, and, and you see the, uh, I did a little video for the front page and, and, and some of that, you know, he's hitting guys like JP Peterson coming, running at him at full tilt and he's lifting them up and, and dumping them back where they came from. It's, um, it's, it's really inspirational stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's not the traditional kind of seven that we're used to seeing. And that's, uh, he's just almost playing an, uh, he's He plays a whole game of his own. It's a really hard style to describe, but uh, whatever it is, it's working. Well, they need to do some sort of anatomical study of his thighs because the power that guy gets, yeah. you know, yeah. in his leg in his leg drive, whether it's you know with the ball, you know, in hand, or you know, or whether it's those because they were all leg drive tackles, yeah. you know, hitting people around the midriff and then just pumping. Uh, his legs and it's just the power he gets he gets into it for the guy i mean it's not a massive guy um it's just it's quite phenomenal and uh, the the impact that that makes in a game like that especially yeah, exactly. you know, with the box exactly. you know yeah. where they think they're going to get a bit of a roll on you that the big boys and suddenly guys like shike Schalkberger are going how the hell am i going backwards mm. um just a massive impact he also topped the tackle count. It wasn't if these were, you know, four isolated tackles. He topped the tackle count. So, um, yeah. a, a wonderful game from Hooper. Sully and Pocock came on the second half, actually came on for um, uh, for Higgers, uh, and we saw the introduction of Pooper for the first time. What do you think? Uh, it worked. I don't know if it would work for a whole game, because uh, if you're going to run Skelton as well, you've sort of cut down your line-out uh, options pretty badly. 
But uh, it definitely worked for the last half hour of that game. Uh, Pocock came on and did his thing. Uh, Hooper was doing his thing, and uh, it worked good. Uh, I don't don't get the uh, criticism Hooper gets either. You know what you're going to get when you select him. You either select him or you don't. He he plays great. Pocock plays great. You pick the the seven you want, basically. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think Pocock added, added some great impact off the bench. I mean, and I don't mm. think it was what I expected. And I expected him to be going around and taking pilfers against a tired defence. But actually, w- the South Africans didn't have much of the ball when he was on. He took one good pilfer, and that was really it. Um, but his ball running was really impressive, I thought. You know, his, his carries um, probably put some of our tight forwards to shame uh, for their efforts in the first half. And, and that's... Mm. Um, that was the area I was really surprised and impressed at um, at how he contributed. Yeah, I think and then he there was, really worked. Sorry, Matt, here you go. Oh no, I was just going to say, and, and the other bit was he's kind of just you know he's just his harrying defence. Um, you know, he made that charge down um, yeah. on, on busy, and then you know ran about another thirty metres, then to tackle. I think was it Habana or somebody to to force a, to force yeah. um, you know to force a scrum. So yeah, I mean he was he was just yeah just hustling. He was just all over the place. But I think uh, Hooper coming on the scene has has made uh, Pocock and even Liam Gill lift their game in that area, where they have to. They think they you know they have, we have to distribute, we have to 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 be more involved in the attack. So I think uh, Hooper's is changing uh, all the sevens in Australia. Well, Pocock uh, wasn't the only bench player that that had an impact, and I think it's probably fair to say that everyone hit a, had a fairly significant. Impact. The whole bench came on, barring Tatafi Pilata now, um, and it probably one of the best bench performances we've seen. Even Kevy Horwell, who's copped some flack for his form this year, uh, contributed uh, pretty decently around the place as well. Hugh, fair to say, who are your standouts from the bench? Um, Nick Phipps is probably the one I'd, I'd, I'd cite. I thought he made a real difference when he came on, sped up our pace of play, threw some lovely passes. Um, Horwell, Scotty Co, Greg Holmes. I mean, it's really hard to pick just one. Mm. They all they all really contributed and did their jobs uh, coming Tamura. off the bench really well. Matt Tamura. Yeah, Tamura I mean, yeah. even Drew Mitchell. You know, did everything that was asked of him. Um, the, the only thing I, I'd say is a, probably a bit of a caveat is um, the South African bench was very poor. Yeah. Um, and the some of the substitutions were a little bit baffling and they really dropped off in that last 20 minutes. So I think comparing our bench players to our starters is probably a little bit harsh because our starters having to face, you know, the fired-up box starting 15 and our bench players coming on against some tired legs and, and some subs that were probably a, a real drop-off off from uh, from what the starting players for the box were contributing. So, look, uh, really impressive and let's hope that bench form continues, though, because... Um, it, it it did change the game 100% and it, and it won us the game in the end. Yeah, Matty, but, your thoughts on the bench, mate? Yeah, well, isn't, but isn't that a strange position we find ourselves in suddenly? Um, you know, we call a couple of guys back from Europe. Uh, you know, we've had a few, a couple of years more kind of, you know, development uh, and a couple of good super seasons and suddenly... You know, you've, we've almost got what you would call depth. You know, when you can, when you can bring David Pocock on, um, you know, Holmes... Um, CEO, those guys, you know, even a, a, a you know, a Horwell, um, these guys coming on with either caps and or really great super form to be putting a Springbok team, uh, bench to, to shame. And that, and now let's be real, they were missing like a Vermeulen and an Albus. But, um, you know, putting their front row, I mean, the, the front row that came on looked like schoolboys. Um, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. So, you know, including one of them looking like Uta. But, you know, so. <laughs> That's not a bad situation to be in. Like, it's, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have that over the All Blacks, but you know, if if you can do that over the Springboks, it's not a bad um, spot to be in. I mean, the, the only other thing I'd kind of throw in there, I, I don't know if this is like a, a bench discussion, but yep. talking talk about the back end of the game was just our fitness. Um, yep. You know, one of the uh, things that kind of came to me um, over the last couple of weeks with people, um, a bit of a whisper out of the Wallaby camp was that, you know, when they did those train-on squads uh, with the guys who weren't in the Tars. Um, and the, and the Brumbies, you know that in, in years past they would have said things like, "Oh, you really can't improve much fitness at this end of the season, and you don't you don't want to uh, wear people out and all this sort of stuff." Um, well, they you know checks obviously thought that was bullshit. And he, they absolutely flogged them. 
Um, so all of those camps between the end of Super Rugby and now, they've been absolutely beasting them. And, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to say it was, you know, a mixture of the fitness and bench that got us over the line because um, that was a tough physical game. And, uh, you know, we had to score whatever it was, you know, um, 14 points in the last sort of 20 minutes to win it. So, um, you know, I think that showed that approach paying off as well. Well, and the other thing I'll mention quickly is experience. I mean, I think we I pointed out in the lead-up that this is such an experienced team that they picked. So many caps, and I think the the most inexperienced bloke was, I think, um, someone had someone had eight, and then the next one up had 20 caps as the second most inexperienced. And well, that really most, showed in the last five minutes, I thought, the, last the, ten minutes. The second most inexperienced with Greg Holmes, the 33-year-old veteran of 100 games for Queensland, 130 games yeah. for Queensland, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that just was so telling. I think in those last ten minutes, where I thought I thought really sort of cool heads prevailed, and and uh, we showed real composure to score that final try. And I think um, having you know such a, a wealth of experience, uh, you know, considering you had you know at that last moment, Gitto, Horwill, Pocock, you know, Moore, Hooper, um, and then you know there's a whole lot of others that are you know Gitto on as I think I said Gitto, but whatever you know, so many. Um, sort of leaders, uh, that that had to be a good thing. Yeah, look, I, I thought, you look through that bench names and there, there's so many players there that you could quite happily start the test match. And, and I remember um, a former Wallaby coach, Ewan McKenzie's uh, premise was always, you know, you pick a squad to, to know how you f- want to finish a game as, as much as how you want to start it. And having the experience, like I say there, of, of, you know, two former Wallaby captains and Horwell and Pocock coming on. Now, they may end up playing more significant roles down the track, but in this game, they're off the bench, and uh, you know those front rowers. I'd be more than happy to start Sio and Holmes in a test. Likewise, Nick Phipps, and you mentioned Hugh, and this is another one, and I'm going to have to hand in my Reds card soon because Phipps, I thought, was sensational. He was infinitely better than Genia this game, and and you could just see the the intensity and the the pace of the game lift when he came on. His passing is just. I love it. You know, it's the get to the get to the um, breakdown and clear. And and again, he caught flack from people for letting it linger, and I just didn't see that happen. And I think it's just because he just gets there so quickly and is ready to pass. And I hear what you're saying, Sully, that I'd, I'd like to see him chance his arm a bit. And I don't think Genia ran much, but I just I love that get it out to the backs and, and let them um, uh, uh, you know use the ball. But in the speed that Phipps does stuff, I mean, you know, there's no there's no uh, point where you make the decision. I mean, the reason why Genia can have a little dart is because he picks the ball up, yeah, yeah. takes two steps, and if he wants, he can go. Well, in those two steps, the defence has come through three, four metres. And and that's the extra space that you see Phipps creates. Um, in that Because the ball's going from the base. There's no step. There's nothing. Um, you know, it's gone. And, it, and But funnily enough, having just watched the game, I don't remember Genia going for a run. Could be wrong. No, um, he, but, by the but, stats, but, he didn't, no. But um, there was... I saw Phipps do it once, at yep. least. So... Yep. Um, you know, anyway. And, and also worth, I, I pointed out in my ratings, but the pass that Phipps threw to Kurandrani for his try was just inch perfect and it was just a flat, hard ball right on the chest. And there, there's those passes, if they're an inch out, the pace that Kurandrani was hitting and, and, the, and his proximity to the defensive line, I mean, it, the, it, the margin for error is minuscule and, and, he, and he pulled it off really well. Um, so I think that was a bit sort of forgotten in, in, in all of the uh, analysis of that try. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Murray Kinsella tweeted some gif of his lovely pass from a massive left to right pass to Ashley Cooper too, which was a, a superb pass. Um, so, yeah, lots to like there. Uh, let's touch on South Africa quickly. Um, you know, we've mentioned the missing a few players. Uh, Sully, any impressions on them? I mean, they'll still be a challenger come World Cup time. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like I said, the uh, familiar, I can't even say it, familiar, and uh, Albert's out of that side, which Matt's helpfully reminded us of. It's a big difference. Um, yeah, a bit worried about their backs, Alande and um, Pollard seem a bit flaky, but no, they'll be there. Yeah, no it's interesting. You saw the Wallaby um, tactics. Alonde made 15 tackles, missed six, and Pollard made 11, missed four. So there's a channel they're aiming at there, um, no doubt. And, and, and Matt, you know, this progression of Bok back rowers continues. Uh, the back row in this game was superb. They they worked their asses off, and um, they're, they're such wonderful players. Yeah, that was a real worry going in. I mean, um, 
uh, you know, Francois Lowe, as we know, is he's actually one of the better scavengers in, in, in world rugby, I think, and he's and he's fast as well as big. So, yeah, he was always going to be a, a handful. So, yeah, they've definitely got their depth um, when it comes to, to the back row. I, I pretty much felt that was the main thing that shone for them, though, in this yeah. game. There wasn't there wasn't much else. I mean, I know what you mean, Sally. I, being at the game, um, I was like, oh, God, you know, how, how have we got away with that? The more that I've watched it, the more I've kind of thought, you know what, I actually thought we made a lot more than they did. I mean, I think it was nine line breaks to three. Um, you know, we did a hell of a lot more running. On that. Obviously, that's the way that we play the game. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought they, they made the most of their chances, and we managed to throw quite a few away. 80%, 80% possession in the second half to the Wallabies. That's mm-hmm. an astronomical, you know, and... and you know, we needed to get back from uh, the deficit, 86% territory. So some might say we should have scored more points, but you know, it's uh, it's uh, uh, still a you know very decent back uh, team, and you know, games are about possession these days. So uh, some some interesting stats there. Um, all right, one of the standouts we've talked about this, and we talked about the bench, is that depth. We're going to move forward and have a look at the Argentina, and obviously we don't know the the team now. Um, uh, the team hasn't been named yet, but we do know that we've got to be hey, tested. Who, who needs to wait for that, mate? We'll know. Day. <laughs> we'll let you know in a day. We'll know so. a day ahead. Of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well done, that Reg, by the way. That oh, was, mate, uh... It was a team effort. Matt, Matt gave us a heads up, but it was, um, yeah, yeah. We uh, nervous there for a little while, but yeah, it came through. Granny mm-hmm. Gold Rugby, first for your news. You get lucky sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, is uh, Argentina. So uh, Matty Guido and Rob Horn have been ruled out. Um, uh, Will Genia obviously underwent surgery today, so he'll commence um, uh, uh, if I think he's four weeks off his leg sort of thing. So, you know, it's we're going to be tested this week. You'd think Phipps will come straight back in the team. Guido being gone, um, you know, whether Matty Tamua comes straight back in there, whether it gives Quaid a stab execution, what they do uh, with Rob Horn's wing. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how our depth does get tested here, Hugh. Yeah, look, I think um, Michael Checker was probably planning on rotating a few of the positions through. Uh, I think he seems to be seeing this um, this uh, rugby championship as a bit of an audition process. So I really wouldn't be surprised to see a few guys um, be sitting out from last week and a few guys come in. Uh, obviously, injuries forced the hand of a few of those. Um, uh, so obviously, I think Tamura will start at 12 and, and maybe someone like Joe Tamani or Drew Mitchell on the wing. Um, the... Uh, apparently Foley, it's rumoured to be Foley starting at um, starting at 10 uh, instead of Quade Cooper, but uh, you, you never know with that sort of thing. I think uh, given his uh, use of the bench really early last week, we'll probably see uh, a pretty uh, early rotation as well this week coming up. Uh, hard to tell Argentina in Argentina. I mean, they got pretty well mauled by the All Blacks, especially at the scrum, which was surprising, but... Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, hopefully a few changes in the pack as well to see maybe what Ben McCalman's got and um, also uh, James Hall will give a bit more time. And I wouldn't be surprised maybe to see Sean McMahon um, maybe have a run off the bench because I have a feeling he's one of those players that's been flying under the radar and might have a bit to offer this team. Yeah, interesting. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to know how they'll fit these guys all in. Um, so uh, Nick Cummins, James Hansen, uh, Nick White have all joined uh, the team there, and Christian Liliofano. So yeah, so interesting. Uh, we'll see how that f- sits. Sully, any obs- any standout observations from that All Black Argentina game? All Blacks obviously winning 39 to 18. Anything you pick up on from these Argentinians, mate? I know it's uh, been a, a little while now. They they had a rough night, mate. The uh, the All Blacks just run a muck on them. Uh, they scored a couple of tries off um, driving malls off the line-out, yep. which they looked very well drilled. That, that we, I don't know. If they do that against us, I don't know how we'd stop them. The All Blacks couldn't stop them. Um, and that's about all they had, mate. Their back line didn't do much. Uh, they tackled well, but the, you know, the All Blacks were in the zone with their um, 15-man running rugby. Yep. They were running it from everywhere. So uh, even Israel Dag. Had a great night. So. <laughs> interesting <laughs> points. Yeah, in the best form. Yeah, interesting points about the mall. It, it might be enough to keep Skelton uh, in that starting lineup. It's one of his real strengths. Is man management of that mall. Um, he's he's got a real knack for getting into Munster and uh, uh, mixing it up a little bit there. 
Yeah. I think we have to do something with the back row. I think uh, Hickam, Hickenbotham, um, we might see him play this week, but I don't know how you balance your back row without him, unless you bring Ben McCalman straight in for him. Look, all will be revealed uh, imminently, uh, and uh, another tough test for the Wallabies, and we'll, we'll get to have a see how they how they travel. It's been it'll be a tough uh, ask for them travelling over to Mendoza, and uh, we'll see how they go. Um, let's hit a bit of rugby news, guys. It's been an interesting uh, week or so uh, this week past. I guess the big one is is, and I don't know if it's actually been confirmed, but it's been written as being confirmed. Is Quade's uh, turned his back on Toulon? Paid the uh, the fee himself, and it looks like he'll be signing for the ARU for four years. Next year, we'll be playing Aussie Sevens. Hugh, um, pretty exciting from a Sevens perspective. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, that team, you know, uh, they're looking for some uh, of the Wallaby stars to get in, and you think Quade's game could be tailor-made for Sevens. Um, he's got that passing game that's so good. He's got speed. He's got agility. Um, the one-on-one defence might be the question mark, but I'd certainly uh, love to see him have a crack at it. Um, but uh, it's great news for Australian rugby that uh, obviously he's, um, I mean, the word is he's very comfortable in camp and the two weeks spent in Wallaby camp sort of turned him around, which I think has got to be a positive considering where he where his headspace was just a few years ago about the Wallaby environment. Um, and to have that turnaround so so, so uh, abruptly is, is fan- it's got to be a good sign for us. And... Uh, I hope he stays at the Reds because, um, as we've covered before, Reg, I mean, it's, um, it, you know, he's just had such an impact there and uh, we'd all love to see it continue. What do you reckon, Matt? You reckon it's, uh, it's good for the game? Quaid having a year in, uh, sevens rather than off to Japan for a year, one of those, uh, flexible contracts? Well, it certainly changes the whole, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of, uh, per- I was going to say perplexion. That's what I'm looking for. Complexion of uh, of sevens in Australia, doesn't it? When you get a, a talent and a name like that there, um, I mean, I guess what it also does is it avoids who does he have to play for in the Super yeah, Team. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the bigger thing. Uh, maybe that was what uh, did the deal in the end, uh, which might lead us on to the next bit of news we want to talk about. But uh, yeah, no, if we if, we, if we've got him back. It's an interesting one. Makes you wonder, did this too long thing ever actually exist? Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, was the 200,000 thing just a way of trying to get the Reds to say piss off then? Um, I don't know. Who knows? There seem to be fairly crazy, these negotiation tales. Absolutely. Well, yeah, let's, there has been some, uh, I guess, repercussions from Quaid leaving the Reds. Uh, Sully, uh, you see in the news today that Adam Thompson has signed with the Rebels. What's your thoughts on that, mate? The Rebels are going to have a bloody good team next year. Um, <laughs> I am sick of hearing about Reds players signing for the Rebels. Um, or And Ben Tappaway to Perth, obviously. But, yeah, we got half half our old uh, 2011 team there. And now Adrian Thompson, I think they'll go all right. But Yeah, so the theory behind Tomo leaving is that uh, the Reds are in the hunt for a uh, international marquee, foreign marquee player to play fly half. And believe it or not, uh, Frederick Mikulak's name is coming up uh, as the option. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be great, eh? astounds me. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's why Thompson has to leave. He's our sort of foreign marquee and, and we need to find space for a fly half. To be honest, I would have been happy keeping Thompson and, and, and backing one of our young guns there, uh, Sam Green, Jake McIntyre, the like. But anyway, that decision's been made. Um, mm. A great one for the Rebels. Well, I, and I can tell you that I, the other thing that might be behind that is just that, you know, just having come back from a weekend in Queensland is that all the all the good oil that I'm hearing is that um, we're looking at another year of Richard Graham. So, you know, with all the news that kind of goes with that, I think we're going to see plenty more departures, um, if there are any left. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. You know, not, not all the oil. Not all the oil. Yeah, so no, nah, see, yeah, I've, I've heard the opposite. But oh, okay, well, we'll there you see. go. Yeah, so, yeah. But I've heard I, O'Connor's a sign sealed and, and Gala night, it'll all be announced. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So let's cross cross our fingers that Reg, Reg is right. <laughs> well, and, oil and ain't oil's nice. Was... No, there's um, more than one person saying that O'Connor's a done deal. Okay. Well, I had, okay, I've got two different sources saying that no, that was the case announced, and then it, but it's off. Yeah, uh, yeah who knows? Who knows where it stands? I think everyone's a lot of wishful thinking everywhere or 
or uh, um, you know devil's advocates type stuff. Uh, Will Skelt has also resigned for the Wallabies and Waratahs for a couple of years. That happened last week pre-test, which is great news for the Waratahs and Australian rugby. I don't think there's ever really a fear of him going anywhere, but um, fantastic to have him around again. The other lock that signed today was an interesting one. Callum Retallick, um from the Blues has signed with the Rebels. So uh, he's uh, actually going to be... Uh, he's Brody's cousin, I believe. He's um, going to be a foreign development player, so he'll hopefully stay in Australia long enough to be eligible um, in a few years' time. I think he's got something like 50 super caps. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so decent signing, considering they lost, you know, Cade and Neville to the Reds and so on. So it's uh, they've found a, a new lock there. Rebels firming up for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um Wanted to mention the Reds' long lunch. Obviously, we've been boosting that for the last couple of weeks, couple of months. Uh, the It happened last weekend, last Thursday, sorry, and Gnostic from the site went along and put a great review on the site, so have a read of that. It sounds like it was a great event. Um, Queensland Premier Rugby Finals this weekend. Uh, Sully, I don't know if you went out Sunday. Probably too tired after the Test match, mate. Yeah, no, mate. I did very little Sunday, no. A uh, huge day of rugby out at Ballymore on Sunday. Um, all the finals crammed into one day, but it culminated in these two cracking games, very tight games. Souths uh, upsetting, uh, upsetting. you know, they defeated Brothers uh, with a try after the siren uh, to knock Brothers out of contention uh, in a very high-scoring match, match which uh, was opposite, opposite to the UQ University uh, of Queensland versus East game which East won. So East will go straight through to the grand final in two weeks' time, and UQ will play Souths this weekend um, at Ballymore. So uh, fantastic footy. Uh, it'll be great to see uh, Souths, who uh, haven't been in the finals for some time. So uh, uh, good effort by them to come through. James O'Connor played for Brothers on the weekend, fullback. Uh, I didn't get to see the whole game, but from what I saw, he was largely unimpressive. So, uh, he has um, been a bit disappointing, hasn't he? He has, yeah, in a number of areas. Uh, and I understand, Hugh, last weekend of Shoot Round, Shoot Shield this weekend, mate? Yeah, um, that's coming coming to a bit of a head um, at the moment, of Eastwood having a dominant season, um, but uh, it's still pretty open. Yeah, uh, so it looks comp- like Sydney Uni currently sitting just outside the top four, but uh, I, I think they play North this week, so there might be a good shot of sneaking in there because uh, I think Warringah, who are in fourth spot, actually take on Eastwood, so uh, uh, should be a good last round there. Yep, yeah, exactly. I mean, a, a really open season this year, and, and uh, it, you know, in, in a sense, I mean, Sydney Uni have come back to the pack a bit in the last few years, and Eastwood and Manly, good, uh, I'm good to see Manly up there again, um, as well as Warringah, who have come have a bit of a resurgence too. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that final series. Yeah, and Southers in third spot too. The Rebels still doing well there too, which is good to see. Um Look, I wanted to finish, guys, quickly on uh, what I got up to Saturday morning. A few of you guys who follow us on Twitter uh, might have seen this, but I, I threw the, the word out to David Campisi, uh, who I knew was in town, uh, if he might come along. My boy plays for a school that's uh, had a, a two boys play there who've had a bit of a restructure lately. So they're basically a new high school. Uh, at, they're meant to play another school in Brisbane, and they pulled out at very late notice, so our first, our first ever game of, uh, of rugby was cancelled at last minute, so the school organised this rugby clinic and pulled in their teachers and a, a few others, and um, uh, Brendan Cannon, whose boys go to the school, was there, he was fantastic, and a few other people, James Hansen turned up, James is an old school, an old boy of the school, but uh, I threw the word out to David Campisi, and, and absolutely, full credit to Campo, he said yes and came along and spent you know, two and a half hours with these guys, uh, young kids from from 10 to 13, um, and was just fantastic. I mean, and you could see the thrill on the parents and the coaches' faces as much as anything. Um, but uh, I, I watched him do a 30-minute drill uh, session with the 12As and 13A backline, and to see the improvement in these guys in 30 minutes was astronomical. And all it was was just, you know, uh, basic skills, passing, left, right, uh, backline play, looping, and it was just astronomical. So David Campisi, I think, uh, you know, cops a lot of flack from a lot of people, but he, you know, he, he couldn't have done more for these guys. It was just sensational. Oh, good on you. That's great. Yeah, yeah great. Give him a job as a Reds back coach. <laughs> yes, I made him. <laughs> Mate, he, he, uh, he, a few of the boys had him signing Reds caps, and that was a hard enough task for him to do, so having to actually help the team too might be a, a, a stretch beyond. 
Um, guys, that's pretty much wraps it up from our perspective. Unless there's anything else you want to add, just want to uh, say look out for a, look out for a uh, bit of an interesting announcement out of ARU headquarters on Thursday. I don't can't give away too much of what my sources are telling me, uh, but uh, I can assure you guys that uh, it, it'll be a, an interesting talking point. Oh, okay. oh come on, you got you teens. Come on. <laughs> This is the place where we break news. Yeah, I like, know. You'll, <laughs> you'll be getting a direct message from us straight after this. You need a scoop. Come on. <laughs> you realise we haven't mentioned Israel Folau once in this whole podcast. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay. Good, <laughs> good point, Sully. Well, we might have to do a re-record then because uh, <laughs> after at least I can give you 10 solid minutes on Izzy if you need Yeah, it. he was yeah. superb. Well, he completely proved me wrong. I went into that match saying to someone, oh, you know what? I th- have you noticed that his skill at the high ball has just been slowly decreasing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and did that. So it turned me into a complete muppet. What did you think uh, Nigel Owen, uh, obviously using the new interpretations on the high balls for the contact, and um, there was one where Habana just basically ran up, stood underneath where Izzy jumped in the air and just stood there, and Izzy fell awkwardly oh. and nothing at all came out of it. I was just wondering what you guys thought of the new interpretations. Well, I thought that was, I thought the new interpretation would have been that that was uh, a penalty because I was surprised that they got away with it because I thought the Saffirs played that time and time again. Um, I thought the new interpretations was that if you weren't clearly up in the air and competing and competing, um, then it was penalty. But did I get that wrong? What are the new, what are the new? No, that's what I understood them to be as well. That's why I, couldn't understand why Habana wasn't uh, penalised for that. For I that was particular. amazed that, yeah, I thought that was really clear cut. I mean, yeah, Habana was looking at the ball, but when, when you don't go up off the ground and you clearly put Israel Flau in an incredibly dangerous position, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a bit like the tip tackles. You know, it, it, you might have the best of intentions, but if you let the situation get out of control, well, then you need to suffer. You know, you you, you might find yourself suffering the consequences, and that's exactly the same. If you let the bloke that goes up for it come down in, in, a, in a horrible position and and if you're stuck on the ground like he was there, I, I can't help thinking that's at least a penalty. No, I thought the Don't get me wrong, I didn't think I didn't think what we were doing where where you know any time two people touched in the air someone got penalised. I didn't think that was right. I think this is a better idea but Yeah. Yeah. I just think he, he might have relaxed a bit too far. There you go, we've talked about Izzy. Yep. Tick, tick. Well done. <laughs> All right, lads. Thanks for your time tonight. Matt, good to see you, mate. Good to see you. Good to talk, good to, talk to you guys. Thanks, Sully. No worries, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Hugh. Speak to you soon. Cool. See you, guys. And thanks to the listeners. We'll speak to you next week. Bye now. Yeah, right there, right there.